Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary. I record these so that you may begin your week in awe and on fire with a burst of inspiration. I'm going to share with you a quote and then share with you the reason why that quote matters today, this week, and going forward. The quote is this, a good teacher is like a candle. It consumes itself to light the way for others. I love that. As we get ready to go back into school for many this week, for many virtually, let me say this again. For all the teachers out there, here it is. A good teacher is like a candle. It consumes itself to light the way for others. And yet I think a lot of folks in the community right now are discouraged by what has happened with their own students. A lot of folks are upset that their kids aren't going back to school physically. And I heard a quote that suggested as much on the radio recently. The quote was this, something, this person said, like 80% of our teachers don't even want to go back to work. Why don't they stop being so selfish? Why don't they do their job and teach these kids? Yeah, I heard that recently on a radio show. This woman speaking about just learning that her district was planning virtual learning for the first semester. She wondered how in the world she could possibly work and instruct her kids. And she was taking this anger, this wrath out on the educators, on her teachers. And with four kids in a similar situation, I can completely empathize with some of that angst. But the anger directed at the teachers, however, that's completely misplaced. A quick look back at our own teachers or those from history remind us of the profound selfless dedication teachers reveal through their lives and sometimes through their deaths. Let me explain. Through a series of unfortunate events, it led to a horrific fire. Some of you have heard of this. Our Lady of Angel School way back in 1958. Without smoke detectors or any advance warning whatsoever, the teachers on upper floors were cut off completely from their only exit. As toxic gases filled the classrooms and as heat made breathing impossible, they gathered as many children as they could to try to provide some hope, a little bit of shelter, and a little bit of encouragement from the heat. When the firefighters eventually made it to the upper rooms, they discovered teachers grasping onto their students, striving to protect them. The last actions these teachers took while alive were to focus and to care and to show love for their students. This is just one example, but there are countless others. One such example occurred several years later and an ocean away. Coal mining near a quaint Welsh village formed a massive refuse hill that grew to be more than 100 feet in height. On October 21st, 1966, after weeks of heavy rain, the hill became unstable, gave way, and released more than 140,000 yards of material. The roar of the avalanche was described as thunder that grew in intensity as it plunged toward the town below and a building directly in its path, a school. As the mountain of rock and grime and coal hurtled toward them. Desperate teachers attempted to get their kids to safety. In one classroom, Mrs. Rennie Williams ordered her children to move quickly toward the back exit to save themselves. While they exited, 
She hurriedly pushed her desk in the direction of the coming debris. She then pushed chairs on top of the desk and then leaned fully up against it in the hopes of saving her children. Although 116 students died in that catastrophe, none, not one of Mrs. Williams' children were harmed. She was celebrated as a hero when she passed away by many of the first graders she helped to save. Those children were now in their 60s because Mrs. Williams survived that day too, and she lived until this past May. She spent the majority of those years doing what she loved, teaching kids. And then a 27-year-old first grade teacher named Victoria Soto grew up dreaming of becoming a teacher. She loved her students unconditionally from the moment they entered into her classroom the very first time. On December 14, 2012, when she heard shooting down the hall, Ms. Soto quickly ushered her kids to the far side of the classroom into a closet and encouraged them to hide and to not make a sound. Although the Sandy Hook shooting is remembered as an utterly senseless tragedy, many first graders survived to share the story with their parents of how their teacher, Miss Soto, died to keep them safe. And my friends, too, a far less dramatic degree, reminding you of the impact our teachers have in our lives in early March of 1987 after spending more than two months in hospital. My mother entered into my room with a new visitor, a special educator named Patrice Murphy. The bandaged wrappings covered my entire body, startled even some seasoned healthcare professionals. Although Mrs. Murphy was gowned from head to toe, she wore gloves, a face mask, and booties. I still remember the twinkle in her eye and her enthusiasm as she shared that she could not wait to be my teacher. Although many of my close friends back then were scared to even visit me, this young teacher selflessly entered into my life during a very difficult time, met me where I was, and began to teach a child who did not even enjoy school before he got burnt. I was bedridden. I was on morphine, immobilized, and intense pain. I can't remember all she taught me during those tutoring sessions in hospital. One lesson, however, I'll never forget was that although I might be different and this experience might be hard, I still had value, still had someone who believed in me, and still had a future ahead of me. So my friends, our educators have demonstrated repeatedly in the midst of turmoil, natural disasters, human tragedies, and ordinary life, their commitment to the children in their classroom. The desire they possess to elevate the lives of students isn't something learned in college. There is no manual they receive insisting they lay down their life for the children that are in their classroom during times of trial. There is no rule book on how to interact with kids in burn care. And there is no guidebook on how to teach during a pandemic and in the midst of a global recession. And yet, as summer fades, as a nation remains on edge, and as schools navigate wildly difficult circumstances, let's have a little confidence that the same profession that has served nobly in the past will be effective, instructive, and invaluable during these times too. Even in this season of anxiety, of anger, and of darkness, like a brilliant candle, great teachers will continue to choose to consume themselves to light the way for others. That light sometimes glimmers in school buildings, Sometimes it shines in hospital rooms, and perhaps this year, 
it may sparkle vibrantly through a computer screen. But be assured that light will shine, we'll get through this together, and that the best days remain ahead. My friends, this is your day. Live inspired.